You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 16, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Justin. And Andy. We're three guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our toy of the week is the Star Wars Big Millennium Falcon from Hasbro, and our discussion topic is The Secondary Market, eBay and Other Necessary Evils. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fun that is the Action Figure Blues podcast. We have hit episode 16, and welcome back, Justin and Andy. How are you guys going? Just fine, thanks, mate. What about yourself? Yep, I'm I'm great. Thank you. I'm great. We're glad to have both of you back on the show. Um, Justin, what have you been up to lately? Lately, well, since I last appeared on the show, I went and saw uh, the Prince concert, and oh, that was... Oh, uh, Yeah, <laughs> It's probably the best concert I think I've been to. Mm. <laughs> it was more like a um, stage production and an actual um, concert. All singing, um, all dancing. Yeah, it was so much energy, everyone up and dancing. Even I got up for oh. a little uh, jig. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> pulled, out, pulled out the moves from 1989. <laughs> Started a bit of a new craze, I, I think, in the audience. But uh, I'll, I'll give uh, Prince his juice. He's probably just a bit better than me. At uh, dancing, but uh, in all honesty, probably probably the best concert I've uh, been to, and that's saying something because I've been to a fair few. You two across the across the way from where he played um, had had nothing on Prince. It was um, ridiculously good. Wow, and yeah. he, he is back to being Prince now, isn't he? He's not the artist formerly known as anymore, is he? Yeah, he's back to Prince, and his um, his actual stage, the setup, was the actual um, design of the symbol. Okay. He oh, changed cool. his numbers. Yeah, and invited uh, people up for a dance on stage, and it was um, it was too cool, too cool for me. I'm getting too old back on, <laughs> but it was really good. You can't, you just, you forget about how many hits he's had over um, <laughs> our, our time, and. Uh, all singing, all dancing, playing guitar, playing piano. Uh, um, yeah, excellent, excellent experience. That is awesome. So, Andy, I'm not expecting you to be able to top that, but um, <laughs> what, what's the latest? Uh, what's the latest musical act to come up your way? Uh, Slim Dusty? Or, oh no, he's gone, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's behaved. Well, funnily enough, um, the latest musical act up this way was my band. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, just last Saturday night we played to a couple of thousand people here, so... Wow, yeah, that, was, that, that was good fun, yeah. Um, it was, uh, the band sort of had a hiatus due to marriages and babies and all sorts of things, and this was our first gig back, and yeah, no, it was huge, it was great, and we had a ball, but uh, definitely not Prince standard, of course, but um, but yeah, no, we had a... It was good to get back on a stage again, actually, I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> I haven't done anything 
quite so exciting, but I did this weekend. I became a basketball parent. Um, yeah. Oh dear, mm. my <laughs> my um my eldest has been being hassled by some friends at school for a while to go and come and play for their team because they're a bit short of players. So uh, she's played for a couple of weeks, but this is the first week that I had to take her. And um, I find watching my kids play sport very nerve wracking. Uh, you know, like it's, I mean, she, she actually did really well and she was happy and I mean, they lost, but she had a great time, but I just, I find it stressful. I'm not competitive Sorry. in that regard. Like, and, um, so, and when you get around other parents who are really aggressive and that sort of thing, I, I kind of, I shrink a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, want okay. everyone to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, I can understand that. Yeah, no, I, I'm, a, I'm an old veteran of that one now. It's my, uh, my boy is now at the stage where he's playing representative um, soccer or football, depending on where you're from, and uh, so I'm quite used to all that rah rah. And yeah, it does does absorb a lot of your time and a lot of your energy. Yeah, well, see, my my kids are both horse riders, so I'm quite used to the going along and you know watching the lesson. But you can take your book along and have a bit of a hmm. A read, but but basketball is not very book friendly. Well, I mean, suppose you could read, but you'd be you know be pretty rude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well that that catches us up on on where we're at, and it is great to have both of you guys back with us. So let's push on and let's get started with some articulated news. Okay, okay. In trouble, scramble the storm eagle. Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet, but the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles. Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated News is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that related to things that we're interested in and that captured our interest this week. So, Andy, I think we're starting with you. We actually managed to have an episode last week where we did not talk about Hot Toys news at all. So, wow. yeah, I know. So, <laughs> fair, fair enough that we can come back to it this week, and you've got a couple of Hot Toys bits and pieces for us. Indeed, indeed. Well, what I'm starting off with is um, Hot Toys have been teasing that they're doing the Batwing from the new Dark Knight Rises movie. Mm-hmm. Now, um they're calling it Batwing, but I I honestly doubt that it's actually going to be called that in the movie because they you know Nolan's steered very much away from calling the Tumbler the Batmobile or anything like that. But it's a name; they need a name out there so they can market this thing. So for now, it's the Batwing. Now this thing is going to be huge. I mean, oh, Hot man. Toys have really gotten into the Bat vehicles lately. Like um, you know, they've done the Tumbler and they've re-released the Tumbler, and uh, they've got the '89 Burton Batmobile coming out. And uh, now they're, they're releasing this Batwing. Now, I don't know if you guys have looked at the pictures yet, but it's it's quite an interesting-looking craft. I'm really keen to see what it looks like in action because it's, um, I guess it's another Lucius Fox invention for uh, for Bruce. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that they said it's going to be the largest-scale project ever for Hot Toys. Um, it does It does make me wonder, though, with so many different, as you said, you know, they've got two different... Batmobiles, 
Um, another thing that you're about to talk about as well, like whether yeah. or not there, I mean, how many people are actually going to be able to afford all of those things? And, yeah. you know, isn't it the same crowd that would be prepared to, you know, pay that much for the vehicles and whether or not they're bringing out too many at once? Mm, well, that's exactly right. Well, um, I saw the Tumblr when I was over at um, Wizard World in Chicago a couple of years back, and, you know, I, you guys know I'm a sucker for Batmobiles. <laughs> I yeah. love them. I've got them in so many different scales. But these things are just massive. They are absolutely massive. I mean, I've seen um, guys turn the displays for the tumblers and such into coffee tables. They're that big. Oh, my you know? goodness. And, you know, they are a really huge scale item. And, and you're talking, well, here you're talking upwards of a 1000 bucks plus your shipping, you know. Oh, and that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is big money. So you've got to be dedicated. I mean, they, they're pretty to look at. I love them, but they're just too big for me. I mean, yeah. um, this Batwing will be interesting to see, but, yeah, it's... Um, not something that I will be pursuing. Well, I actually, uh, I only have two larger scale Batman figures. I have, um, and they're both the DC Direct, um, uh, Ledger Joker and um, Dark Knight Batman. That's, okay. that's it. I haven't got any of the hot toys or anything else, you know, but it's big money. But still very exciting. You know, I'll live vicariously through others over at the sideshow <laughs> boards and whatever, and marvel at all their pictures and everything. But on the same thing, they're also um, Hot Toys are re-releasing the Bat Pod. Wow! Um, it features quite prominently in this new movie too. So, um, as far as uh, Hot Toys vehicles go, it's the smallest of them all. It's basically just a souped-up UV motorbike. But uh, again, you got to have the space and the money. But um, they they do do a fantastic job. There's no doubt. Is about there anything it. different to this re-release from the original? No, it's exactly the same. Oh, that's, a, that's interesting. Same. Yeah, yeah, it's basically, it's basically the same as the Tumblr. They're still using it, so they, they're just taking the opportunity to re-release it. Uh, It'd be interesting to see how the sales go. Yeah. I'd be interested to know, um, when you think about the Hot Toys Batman figures, they're pretty uh, rigid because that rubber bodysuit is not super flexible. You know, mm. can those figures actually be posed on the bat pod? Yes, yes, okay. they can. Uh, if you look around, you can see photos on it. You, sit, you can sit quite well okay. on it. Um, honestly, uh, the 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 second costume works better because he can move his head. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's, pre- it's pretty hard in the original costume, which I think you've got that figure, haven't you? You've got the original costume no, Begins Batman? I've got the, ba- oh, I've got the, got the bat suit Knight. Begins one. That, that's what I mean, the, the suit from the oh, okay, Radio, yeah. Begins. Yeah. yeah, a bit harder to tilt his, his, his head back to put him on the bat pod, but um, I've seen seen the Dark Knight figures pose really well on it because he's just got that extra level of articulation to do it. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people buying it, but uh, yeah, I won't be a part of it, unfortunately. But still, <laughs> well, there's good to there's see. obviously a market for it. There's obviously a market. <laughs> well, for that's it. it you know. mm. Okay, Justin, you have got a couple of more unusual pieces of news for us from what we normally report on. I do, and uh, the first 
uh, thing to report on is some uh, model kits from the movie Forbidden Planet. So Forbidden Planet Yay. was, I guess, the, <laughs> the grand the grandfather of science fiction and gave us a few glimpses into, I guess, the the classic mold for a uh, flying saucer, <laughs> which was picked up on a lot of lot of other movies um, and a TV series as well, and. The model kits we're getting is uh, one f- of uh, Robbie the Robot, who everyone, well, a lot of people should know, I guess. Um, and here we're getting a new a new stance. Uh, the company bringing it out, I should say, is by uh, it's called Polar Lights. Um, so they have an agreement here with uh, Warner Brothers to release these. But Robbie the Robot, uh, it's a movie poster edition. Uh, the the uh, blurb says so. It's going to come out with um, holding. Um, Andy, the pronunciation is Altaira. Is that how you pronounce her name? The main protagonist or the main heroine in the film? Altaira, I think it is. Altaira, I think it is, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Altaira. Altaira, okay. And uh, coming with a new uh, background (laughs) as well and a new stance. Um, And we're getting also, uh, the mentioned before, the flying saucer, the C-57D. Uh, and it says here that it's going to be finished to the size of 12 inch, so that's um, quite impressive in itself. And I'm sure there's lots of fans of Forbidden Planet out there who will um, be eager to grab. 1956 both of these. Forbidden Planet came out. Yeah, and Leslie, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen. Yeah. I was just yeah. looking at it too. Yeah. I also I, would, yeah. I was just looking at it on yeah, the you know, movie database, and I saw that um, Anne Francis, who played Alto in that, just passed away last year. Ah, and Leslie That's Nelson's right. she did um, too. gone to God as well. Sad. Yeah, it is. All right, something happier. Yeah, well, it's something happier, yes. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we have our first sort of, um, what would you say, release of uh, Plants vs. Zombies in any sort of um, format that they're coming out as uh, vinyl uh, figures. Um, now I became quite addicted to this game when I saw my uh, uh, girls playing it, and I like to say that I was the first one in the family to finish the finish the level and listen to the zombie um, song at the end of the oh, <laughs> end of the game. But uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> There's a um, song. Okay. Yeah, if you pass the whole stage, it's um, the, a song comes on as like a little um, Easter egg at the end of the game. Um, okay. It's quite a funny song too, so <laughs> stick around for it. You can probably find it on YouTube. <laughs> um, so we're getting the, the Conehead Zombie has the witch's hat from the construction site on his head. Uh, we're getting Classic Zombie. The Disco Zombie is one of the favourite ones. He's getting the Sunflower and also the Pea Shooter. Um, so it's here July 5th and uh, Protect Your Brains <laughs> as they come out. I'll tell you what, I mean, this is the... The new racket, isn't it? If you can develop an app, sell it, and then license it. I yes. Mean, Angry, yeah. Angry Birds is yeah. obviously the the prototype of that, but yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of pathway. And we've talked about these Funko Pop yeah. vinyls before. That Funko seems to have a license for everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Exactly. They're like mighty yeah, <laughs> Mighty Bean seems wins the uh, wins the licensing agreement yeah. for everything I mean, as well. Th- th- there must be s- some yeah. of the licenses, like obviously 
the movie licenses like Avengers and Dark Knight, which they're, they're doing, you know, th- that can't come too cheaply. Yeah. So th- they must be doing all right to be able to afford those pricier licenses. You know, they've got... Yeah, well, exactly. Well, they've got the Star Wars license as well. It's, yeah, they, they, the DC license... Like all the yeah. DC characters, it's, they've got a couple of lot of girl ground. My oldest girl is addicted to them. She collected all of the DC pop vinyl, or what are the yeah, funk pops, mm-hmm. and now she's started on the Star Wars yeah. ones. Yeah, oh, so okay. they're like she keeps them all in the box. She's a a mint in box collector, and they're like a she's building Ooh. a wall of them on top of her bookshelves in her room. It's kind of cool to look at, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. You can get them anywhere. That's, True. that's the other impressive thing. They're Very really accessible. easy to find. Either... Yeah. I've got to give Funko always... props for that. Yeah. Sorry. Always yeah. a bonus for Australian collectors to go into a shop and True. Yeah, that's something. exactly. <laughs> but... well, that's the funny thing. Even my local video shop sells the Funko vinyl figures. It's just... no, they, <laughs> they really are around. More. They are around. All right, well, look, thanks thanks for that, Justin. Mm. I've got two bits of sideshow news. The first one is a follow-up from last week. We talked about the tease of the premium format Spider-Woman, and that has now been fully revealed. A a little bit disappointed with the exclusive because it is a swap-out scroll head, and I I feel that that's a little bit of a one-note take on what an exclusive for Spider-Woman could be, and Sideshow's already done that, the legendary scale bust for Spider-Woman had a a variant version that was a scroll head version, and it's, it's such a kind of small plot line compared to you know, maybe a different, a, a more modern hairstyle that we could have had, or you know, some sort of power blast hand that would have excited me a bit more. Um, it looks great. I have ordered mm. the exclusive same price as the the regular, so it's better for a resale value if you ever decide to to sell it and I have to say I think both heads look good but um, I I just thought that was a bit predictable for an exclusive speaking of the premium format we did discuss last week this particular statue and why it was called premium format when it appeared to be all sculpted and someone during the week and I must apologise I cannot remember the fellow's name sent me a link to a comment that Sideshow made where they said that from now on anything at a quarter scale, they were calling premium format to uh, stop confusion. You know, they have comiquettes and premium formats. A lot of the comiquettes are one-fifth scale, but some have been one-quarter. And I think that they are now, just to move away from any confusion about that, calling anything that is quarter scale premium format, whether it has that mixed media element to it or not. The Spider-Woman doesn't. It is all sculpted. Um, and I do think she looks great, even though I do think the scroll head's maybe just a bit predictable. Uh, but I'll definitely be ordering that. Um, and just today, Sideshow has teased the next premium format, which is also on an Avengers theme, and it is Hawkeye. And uh, this one looks fantastic, I have to say. They have did a, a tease, a little video, and it does have a mixed-media element to it. It's got some definite fabric elements. Um, I'll be looking forward to the the full reveal on this one. My kind of... My guidelines are on the premium format so that I'm collecting the ladies, but this might have to be a rule breaker, I think. So has it been released in the classic uh, Hawkeye no. outfit before? 
No. Okay. It's um. Yet I'm really glad. I'm, it's a bit surprising, really, considering the movies happening at the moment that they are doing classic Hawkeye. But I'm glad. You know, I think that is such a iconic costume and something that I'm surprised hasn't made it into premium format already. So it's something I'm probably going to be likely to grab because I have a feeling that these these sideshow pieces, the ones that do well, when they sell out, they just skyrocket in price immediately. So yeah. I'm a little bit gun shy about not pre-ordering these things if I think I want them because you can turn around and within a couple of months of them coming out, you know, they've added a hundred, $150 on the secondary market. So um, I, I think I'll probably just be cautious in ordering it when it comes out. Well, so you got to get quick, especially with those sideshow statues. They just, oh, yeah, they, they rock it. They literally do rock it in price so quickly. Probably links to our discussion topic as well. Yeah. That's All right. right. Well, that wraps up the articulated news. We will be right back with the next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favorite planeteers. There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire, and the daring Linka with the power of wind. You can even use the Planeteer's eco-cycle. And your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet. Bring him to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. Each week on the AFB podcast, we have a visit from our friend John, also known as Engineer Nerd, from the website TV and Film Toys. Now, last week we heard the answer to uh, the Milky the Cow grab, and then we heard a a new one, which I have to say completely confused me. Guys, did you have any idea what the answer to last week's clue was? Uh, no, I'm completely <laughs> lost. <laughs> nothing I got for nothing. Me. We we are not doing well at this. I I don't listen to the. I have the answer actually on my computer somewhere because it's already been sent to me. But I I like to play along and I don't listen to it until I have to put it into the episode. So I will be looking forward once again to uh, the answer to John's very clever clue. So it is time for another answer and clue in Name That the Audio Game. Over to John for all the fun. Hi, my name is. Hi, my name is. Greetings, programs. It's Engineer Nerd back with another installment of the audio version of Name That. When last time I left you, we were listening to these boys try and master a power. It's master power. <laughs> some guys got it, some guys don't. And if you guessed that was the power of Grayskull they were trying to master, you would be correct. That is from a commercial for Castle Grayskull. Now for this week, we've got something a little bit different. It's not taken from a commercial, it's taken from the actual toy. And here is the sound, if I can get it to play. And one more time. If you think you know what action figure that sound is from, go over to the Action Figure Blues forum and, po and post in the thread for this segment. As always, please come visit me over at TV and Film Toys. This is Engineer Nerd saying, 
Peace out. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favorite or bizarre items from our collection. This week, Justin has the Toy of the Week. So over to you, Justin. Okay, this week I'm going to talk about Hasbro's 2008 release of the big Millennium Falcon. Now, when it first came out, it was teased on a few uh, websites that are Star Wars-oriented, being uh, Rebel Scum, I think, was one of the first uh, ones to produce picks. Um, and there was a lot of speculation when it first came out. How big is this thing going to be? Um, they, they teased uh, lighted bases and, and so forth as it went on. We waited a while here in Australia, as we do for these things. Uh, we saw the first teasers online, and I tracked it quite um, audaciously <laughs> because um, I never had Millennium Falcon when I was a kid. Uh, my friend did and I was always quite jealous. Mm. So it finally arrived and when it did arrive in Australia, the price was $159 at retail mm. um, and I sort of bulked at that price a bit um, and it came around the, at the same time that the sales were going on uh, Target, I believe. We went back there about a month later and I convinced um, my lovely wife that uh, the price tag of now $99 <laughs> was more reasonable and it would probably um, that could be my Christmas present that year and she agreed and then I owned it. Very <laughs> so, good. <laughs> I, I brought this thing home and it, it is un, the box is unbelievably big. Um, so I unwrapped it and I unwrapped it and I was thinking, oh, my goodness. Um, and my son, who was about three, maybe just turning three at that stage, um, was absolutely blown away. He put the batteries in, and it does a few different things. Just to give you guys an idea of the, um, the few measurements of this thing, from the start of the Millennium Falcon to the rear base, it's 70 centimetres in length. Wow. Yeah, and width is just on 60 centimetres. Now, um, the piping, the the sort of uh, mechanical parts on the outside, it's been like a labour of love for some, for the design team at Hasbro. It really was. Um, it's much applauded when it first came. Out. There's really there's no faults for for this uh, for this. I guess it's playset above all things as well because as it goes on, I can run through the list of um, features that the, the big Millennium Falcon came with when it came out. Mm. So it includes, uh, it has the light-up headlights and it has ele electronic sounds, vehicle sound modes, and it has uh, the gun turrets. As you press a button next to it, the turrets fire and it uh, provides us with sound as it fires. The cockpit is a lighted cockpit. You're going to give us some sounds, aren't you? I, I will okay. at the end. Excellent. <laughs> right. it's, too, it's too heavy to pick up as I'm talking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should have an assistant so, there. Isn't that what children are for? No, no. They're all um, – we had a big day today. They're okay. all in bed. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> the, um, the cockpit opens, and one of the main um, 
I guess, not whinges, but uh, like another word. The thing when when the, when the Millennium Falcon came out in the late or the early 2000s, the other one that came out as part of the Powers of the Force line, the cockpit could only hold two figures from memory. Um, this one holds four that can be seated, but there's easily enough room for the droids as well, so you can recreate uh, the scene from, uh, I guess it's called New Hope these days, but Star Wars, they can all fit in that actual cockpit. Mm. Um, uh, one of the first, well, not one of the first, but we got two um, figures that were included with uh, with the Millennium Falcon as well. It's a Han Solo with um, headgear and Chewbacca with um, headgear as well. So we have uh, the outer panels, two outer, outer panels removed, um, and it exposes, uh, we have the secret smuggling compartment, so it can actually, it's big enough to fit figures in at the end of New Hope when the Stormtroopers came in, or the start, sorry, when they came to the Death Star, you can hide figures in there. <laughs> um, there's a medical bay from Empire Strikes Back when wow. Luke gets his arm in a tourniquet. Um, now, the, there's, a, there's a pivoting gun gunner station, so you can have two figures sitting in the gunner section. You remember when um, Han's firing away and Luke yells out, I got one, I got one. Don't be cocky, kid. Keep it going. <laughs> you could recreate that scene if you want. There's also a training probe with lightsaber sounds. So how Han has his faith in blasters and he doesn't believe in lightsabers, you can recreate that scene as well. There's a, a, a I think it's pronounced Desirac table where you play um, chess, out of space chess, uh, let the Wookiee win. <laughs> That's a light-up base for that as well, and it includes hollow figures. So they actually come on pins probably the size of a panel pin that you can press into the um, actual chessboard. Wow. Um, it has light-up hyperdrive lights at the rear. Um, it also has like an escape pod, or it's called a mini fighter from the blurb on the packet. So it's a mini fighter that also... Uh, comes out as well. Uh, we have the opening uh, boarding ramp. So you press a button and the boarding ramp opens. And as it does, it gives sound effects away as well. Um, what else do we have on this thing? Um, yeah, basically, for all the for the bits and pieces, it's it's probably one of the the best things I own in the collection. Um, I can't put it actually anywhere on a shelf or anything like that, so I had to put um, three standard picture hooks on the wall and then string some 18-pound um, uh, fishing line between okay. the between the um, rivets on the actual on the base of the Millennium Falcon. Um, it also has landing gear that comes on and off, so it's displayed with the landing gear on just to fit onto the hooks onto the wall. Um, and sound effects, we have, have, I think there's 13 different buttons that provide different sound effects all the way through the Millennium Falcon. If you'd like me to try and demonstrate a couple. Oh, yes, I'm please. Happy to do that. Go, so yeah. Just yeah. excuse any noises in the background for the moment as I pick this thing up. <laughs> it's strange to pick it up. Um, trying oh, to... you've broken it. <laughs> no, no, never break this. <laughs> Uh, let's see what I can press. Something interesting. I'll put the microphone as close as I can. And what are we going to hear here? That's just a. That's the hyperdrive starting up. Um, I don't know if you guys are picking that up. That sounds a bit yeah. like my kids trying to wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> see if we can get some movie uh, sound effects. No, just a firing one. 
press on the other side. It's not being very kind to us because it's a random sort of thing as well. So you never know what's going to... Um... Here we go. There was R2 chirping away. <laughs> Again. There's Chewy. <laughs> There's hands. Not wise to upset a Wookiee. Ah, <laughs> uh, 3PO. Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> 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 and there's Sir Alec Guinness giving some wise Jedi. And there's Luke whinging away. <laughs> some lightsaber sound effect. You see? You can do it. <laughs> so that's how cool it is. Um, it's putting it back down on the ground very carefully now. <laughs> so you said that you didn't own the original Kenner Millennium Falcon. No, I'd, I'd been to a few things like um, for Sydney Siders, Paramount Affair, and things like that, and I'd seen it. Yeah, I, I, had, um, one, I had one when I was a kid. No, okay. Yeah. Good for you. So, no, I just <laughs> was thinking, I, was, I wasn't trying to show off, I was thinking no, no, no. just about how it, how it compares size-wise. Yeah, well, I guess it's, for the, for the original Millennium Falcon that was released, it could probably fit in the main circular part mm. of this one. I just found the measurements on. online. So before mm. you said 70 centimetres by 60. From, yeah, roughly. 70 by 60, <laughs> which for our um, imperial measurement friends works out to about 27 inches by 23 inches. Um, and the uh, the Kenner one was 23 inches by 17 inches. So it is significantly bigger. Yeah, it's it's um it's quite a sight to behold. Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> imagine. Uh, it's a, yeah, at firing firing missiles as well. I don't know if I if I told you about it as well, but they can you can fit up to I'd say uh, it says on the blurb again eighteen figures inside this um uh-huh. what I call it a playset. Okay. There's also a, a part at the end that has um a doors that lead to another secret compartment to the rear base of it where you put uh, put the batteries in. Yeah. Um, you hear that again. You can move the you can move the um the gun turret from side to side as well. Yeah. Um, it, it really is yeah. more of a playset than a vehicle, isn't it, when you think about this yeah. that size. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and well only the the good thing about the Millennium Falcon, this one that came out, um Hasbro seemed to follow after that, okay, that's the scale we're gonna use. So a couple of years later when the um uh, the Walkers came out, um, which I also own, is in scale with the Millennium Falcon. Wow. So the Millennium Falcon is big and the mm. Adat is huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can't fit anywhere except the floor. There's there's no dimensions yeah. for this for the other one to fit on at all. But yeah, that, that's yeah, why that's I spent a lot of time resisting. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time resisting. And, and the bad thing about in Australia when they did um, arrive at retail, they were pretty much snapped up straight away. Of course. Uh, the internet buzz was um, wild with these things when they first came out. And we, I think Australia waited a fair while until they actually arrived. And then when they did, it was a mad rush to... Um, and, and, and like I said, $159 was a, was a bit pricey for me. Um, but then I, I knew the, the sales were coming up in a few weeks' time and I was just praying that um, I'd get... And I did pick up the last one on the shelf that was there. <laughs> lucky. <Very> lucky, lucky. <laughs> yeah. So if you had to give this a Dolly's rating, 
And we know that Justin is a harsh marker. He doesn't like giving <laughs> full marks. Yeah. Well, I may go against the grain of what I said before because if I look at this as a whole, there is nothing they could have done to um, improve it. So on those basic facts, I will give it a uh, 10 out of 10. There you go. I've uh, I've been found out to be a liar. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's your 10 means something, you know, like mm-hmm. obviously because, you know, you know, you don't like giving out 10. You like keeping them honest. So, you know, if you're, you're not just getting swept away with emotion, you're it's a it's a meaningful 10. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Justin, thank you so much for sharing that with us and also for the extra sound effects as well. I always think sound effects deserve extra points. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that wraps up the Toy of the Week. When we come back, we will be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman, Incredible Hulk. You can make them do their thing. Even make Spider-Man slide down a string. Lots of action for one and all. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Mego. We're all here because we collect, so feeding the addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. And Andy, have you got anything to report in this department? Um, I've sort of been on a um, collecting hiatus, I suppose you'd call lately. Um, not much at all, but um, what I have been doing is, as you guys know, I'm still in the process of building my man cave. Um, I've spent a lot of time sourcing materials. I'm actually putting a lot of um, diorama-style de- uh, displays up rather than just standing on my figures in rows. And Very cool. Just being boring, boring, so... I've spent a lot of time scouring, looking for things like, you know, um, one-six scale corrugated iron and um, plants that look like they come from another planet and all this sort of weird and wonderful landscaping type materials. And, uh, yeah, so that sort of absorbed my time rather than actually shopping for toys. Just, just desperately trying to get this man cave in order. So have you been actually doing any building or has it just been gathering materials at the moment? Just gathering at the moment. I um I haven't had a lot of time in here lately, unfortunately. I sort of uh, I've had a few distractions in my life in recent times, but um back into it now, and uh, most of it's all arrived and ready to go. So um, next phase is actually putting it all together. So awesome, very exciting, awesome. I did pick up a couple of new books that I forgot about. I picked up the um the second New Teen Titans omnibus. Oh, very good. I haven't got that yet, but I'm definitely keen. Very exciting. I love the first one, so very happy to get the second one. I, have, I haven't read it yet. I saw it in plastic. And I also ordered the um, Infinity Inc., the Generation Saga, the second second hardcover of that. So looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, it, but, um, it's great to, that, to have those um, Infinity Inc., and also they've just done the first showcase of All-Star Squadron. I'm so glad that that stuff's finally getting reprinted. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's um, I don't know. There's, there's there's not a lot that's exciting me in current comics, so you know I'm really sort of focusing on filling the gaps now. And yeah, All Star Squadron's a big one, so I'm I'm with you. I'm very excited about that. That's great. Um, that's about it, really. It's sort of not much in the way of toys or anything at all. Oh, good on you, mate. Well, sometimes real <laughs> life kind of rears its head and 
has to take priority, doesn't it? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Justin, what about you? Any new stuff? Yeah, this week, um, or say the last two weeks, I've seen that um, the Series 7 of the Lego minifigures, oh, yeah. that's the blind uh, blind pack uh, figures, uh, now hitting uh, major retailers in Australia, Kmart, Toys R Us and Target. Um, I collected, I think, nine, and we went on a run late night shopping on Thursday, so I had my two little helpers with me, <laughs> and they were able to pick out the... Um, the Aztec sort of warrior. Do people give you and funny looks when you have your whole clan there fondling all of the packages? <laughs> no, not really. I think you can get away with a lot when you have um, kids either side of you. True, true, true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you guys have got this. You've really got it down to an art form, Justin. You and your kids. And my boy and I keep trying to figure out the ones he wants, and we still can't nail it. Yeah, the kids are really, really good at it, especially if it's pointing out things like the accessories they can really um, just target into, into them like uh, yeah it's a spear so it's the Aztec guy yeah I can feel sword the shield must be the black knight <laughs> guy so <laughs> yep excellent let's get out of here <laughs> <laughs> very cool yeah and I've also been filling some um, holes in my comic collecting um, I collecting back issues of a certain comic that's, um, that we can't be named for eBay reasons. <laughs> That's right. And it, this particular comic book may have contained Hulk and um, uh, what's his name? Nighthawk at some stage together fighting on some sort of team situation. Oh. But that's about all I'll say about that. Okay. That narrows it down a bit. <laughs> it does. Yes. Just stay away, back off. Best of luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I got two new Bowen pieces this week. I picked up, Ooh. yes, Ooh. I got the classic Storm statue. Um, I talked about Dazzler last week, and this one was also sculpted by Mike Cusinelli. And as well as having the same sculpture, she has a bit of the same problem as Dazzler. They're both absolutely beautiful statues, but they've both been sculpted so that they face looks down quite a bit and you really have to either display them at a, a high angle or lie on the floor to be able to see their face properly. Um, so it's just a little bit irritating, uh, but um, beautiful, beautifully sculpted, beautifully. The guy definitely has got a great command of the, the female form, but um, as I have said a couple of times, he's not my favorite Bowen sculpture because I always just find there's something a little bit not a little bit off in the composition of of his statues um and you know but this is it is a beautiful piece but it's just a bit odd that i can't really put her with the statues that i would like to have her with because i can't see the face properly you're just kind of looking at the top of her head so yeah. you have to have her displayed higher up so that you can actually see the face um but but very nicely done and and beautifully painted beautifully painted and then the second one that I got was a website exclusive for Bowen Designs, and this was the a first one that they made actually made to order. It's a Hydra Man bust, and uh, this one was it has an unusual edition size of four hundred and eighty three because it was a, a made to order piece, so they only made the pieces that they had orders for, and oh wow yeah so it, the Bowen Designs website. The contract with Marvel is that items that they sell themselves, they can only sell to the U.S., which is a bit of a challenge for 
us international folks, but the guys at the Statue Marvel's website um, really do quite a service for we international collectors because they buy them on our behalf and send them on with without making any profit, and uh, it is a a great service. So to those gents, Al and Jean, thank you very much. And I always pack them up beautifully and send them quickly. And this mini bust is absolutely beautiful. It is, it's nearly, it's not, not as tall as a a full size statue, but it is nearly as tall because it has Hydra man with two big water fists reaching up and, and back into the air. It is a huge piece. It's beautifully done. So I'll definitely be reviewing that one at the Action Figure Blues blog. Cool. When I when I look at that, um, Scott, is that is that artist specific? Because that that looks like um, the way McFarlane used to draw. I do. I Bowen does not tend to do artist specific stuff. Obviously, it's going to be inspired by someone. Um, yeah. But yeah, it probably is a bit on the McFarlane. Um, mm-hmm. side so yep. I mean it's the really classic jeans and black t-shirt um, version yeah. of Hydro Man but it is a is a beautiful beautiful bust beautiful bust so mm. I'm re- really um, really excited by it I think it would look you know obviously some people would prefer just to have all these things done as um, statues but this is one for me that really works as a bust because you get, still get quite a bit of height out of it and you can display it alongside a statue it doesn't look out of place so um, I think they did a fantastic job awesome. fantastic job Be- beautiful use of the translucent material for the water arms and they're huge but it, the thing that I'm mm. really impressed by is that if you see it in person it's actually leaning back a fair bit the the, the kind of torso is leaning back and then the water arms are up in the air but back but it balances beautifully it's not you know kind of something that's going to tip over um when i first saw it i thought oh i wonder if this is going to be a bit wobbly but it's not at all it has turned out absolutely beautifully cool okay. so thank you bowen and uh thank you everybody if no one has any other items to report no Well, then it is time now to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Red Carded is a chance to put fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. And handing out the penalty this week is me. Yay, me. Yay. So over to me, me. Now, we mentioned in last week's news that Minimates is about to hit 50 waves, and that's certainly not Red Cardable. That is a real achievement. I can't think of any other toy line that would have reach 50 waves. I don't know if you guys can. But... No, no, that's huge. Yeah, it's very impressive. Our walls, I guess, but they don't really count waves, do they? No, no, no. That's, that's different. That's, <laughs> that's, that's totally different. Um, but the, the thing that I have found a bit strange, they are running polls at marvel.com on the choices for Minimates Wave 50, and we, we mentioned that the polls for the choices for the first round, which uh, they called the main assault team, um, were a bit 
strange kind of you know one-off versions of characters like the thing and wolverine iron man you know predictable mm-hmm. cast of characters um yeah. i was really looking forward to the poll the, the choices for poll number two because this is how it was described they said poll number two will be the support team giving some love to the unsung heroes who have backed up the all-stars over the years and then they came out with the choices for wave number two so these are the unsung heroes that have backed up the mm-hmm. all-stars this is who you get to choose from winter soldier commander steve rogers luke cage black knight gladiator falcon banshee or songbird oh yeah those guys don't get any coverage do they no <laughs> so uh, you know to me none of those characters i mean you, you can argue okay banshee songbird they probably oh has there been a banshee mini mate obviously not um but you know those would be the two that i'm going to vote for because just because they haven't had mini mates before but mm. I wouldn't put any of those characters in the unsung heroes category. And you know, when you say that, that Steve Rogers and Luke yeah. Cage have backed up the All-Stars, well, what? Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> in what universe? Exactly. It's just a, it's a funny mentality, and, and I... I get this from a number of different times where we get the opportunity to choose and where my brain goes in characters that you might expect to see in a poll that, you know, they're the kind of weird and wonderful characters that really don't list guys. Exactly. That they don't have a chance of being made otherwise, unless the fans really get behind them. And where my brain went with unsung heroes in the Marvel universe definitely did not extend to any of these types of characters. Mm. It's That's a fair I point. <laughs> I wonder who came up with this list. Well, Obviously, someone that doesn't read Marvel comics. I mean, I, you know me, I don't follow Marvel much as as a, as is for Marvel comics. But um, even I know, you know, that's that's a really poor list for the so supposed backup troops. Indeed, indeed. So you know, just a bit of a bit of a disappointment. It's a kind of mm. feels like a repeat of some of the. Um, DC Universe classics polls where, you know, you get to choose a character, but all the characters in the list are either pretty obvious or the, there's an obvious choice that's going to you know, get made. And those characters that really never get the limelight, never get the chance to become a collectible, um, don't even get a look in. Um, you know, Songbird would be one I'd love to see done just because that is a bit of a, you know, more unusual character in terms of mini-mates, etc. But, mm. and Banshee would be my other choice there just because I really like the character. But to me, neither of those are characters that should have to be in a poll to get made in the first place. And I, when I read that, I thought, this is lame. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely. Extremely. Not to mention the fact that to even get to the poll on the Marvel website, you have to n- navigate a billion pop-ups and close a whole bunch of extra windows just to be able to see what they're even talking about. That's a separate That's issue. Right. <laughs> I'm doing battle with that right now, actually. Cause... Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely want to you know, say, well done, Diamond, well done, Mini Mates, for 50 Waves, but boo for choices of unsung heroes. What the hell is that next poll that goes down? Marvel Minuets poll one. Which two characters do you want to see in Marvel Minuets wave fifty? Yeah, that's the, that's the. They're only going to choose two from each of these. 
Right. So, like, there's going to be two. So two from that first poll there, which is all the weird versions mm. of Thing and Iron Man, etc. Oh my god, there's some stinkers. <laughs> exactly, and then two from this this um, one, which is the unsung heroes, and then we get two more polls for primary. Yeah, they're doing. Yeah, we're doing targets. villains in the next one. Yeah, who've never gotten their own mini-mates or who need a redo. So that'll be, you know, a new version of Doctor Doom and Magneto. And <laughs> but Werewolf Captain America. No one's interested in that. Uh, Cyborg <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, so as you can see, we Jeez. are absolutely regaled with amazing mini-mates choices. <laughs> <laughs> But see, even even some of those, if you go back to that first poll, even some of those like Hydro, Armor, Armor Man, the mutated thing, I mean, those to me are valid enough things that they don't need to be in a poll either to get made. It's just uh, all seem or Savage Grey Hulk. Mm. You know, those are things that to me, they're they're obvious anyway. And what I want to see in a poll are the UFOs or... Star Fox or, you know, so, some character that really is not on the radar for these yeah. things and needs to have a pole behind them in order to actually get up. That's what I want. Mm. Oh, Star Fox, he never gets any loving anyway. Well, which is, you know, odd considering his name is Eros, but anyway. Huh? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Brother of yeah. Thanos. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> but uh, it's funny because to me, Star Fox was... Just joining the Avengers, or, or not right when I started reading, but you know, within about a a year or two after I started reading the Avengers, um, mm. Star Fox was like a really big part of the team. So, yeah. in my brain, he's a, a much bigger deal in, than he obviously is in the Marvel universe as a whole. But yeah, he's never had any collectible love, that's for sure. No, it's just wrong, man. It's wrong. I love Star Fox. Made a custom of Star Fox somewhere around here. Yeah. Um, oh, you did, you've done a fantastic Star Fox. I love him. It was on a um, that head is a Bill Pullman head from um, Independence Day. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> it's got a smirk on it, uh, and uh, it really fits the character. That's so funny. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Well, Diamond, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Kiss no, you don't. Diamond. No, you, actually, you do a really good job, Diamond. You, but um, today, you fail. Red card. You're a bit harsh, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, we'll be right back with our discussion topic of the week. If you've been collecting for any length of time, you probably found that there are items you want that you can't find at retail, either because of the age of the item or because it's just not available in your area. If retail or online stores can't do the trick, your only option is the secondary collectibles market. Whether you're buying through conventions, swap meets, online message boards, or eBay, the secondary market is fraught with challenges and can be a giant maze for the new collector to negotiate. 
Tonight, we're going to take a close look at the secondary market and hopefully provide you with some tips and resources to make navigating that maze a little bit easier. So guys, let me start with a, a basic question. If you had to estimate what percentage of your purchases come from the secondary market, and also of that percentage, how much does eBay make up? And uh, Justin, let's start with you. Okay, from the secondary market these days, where we can't find anything at retail at Australia, it's probably about um, 80%, wow. I'd say, from the secondary Ooh. market. And what eBay percentage make up that? Probably about, Ooh. I'd say, 50%. Okay, so, so where does huh. the other 50% come from? Uh, the other 50% comes from uh, message boards, mostly for me. Right. Um, just because I've been on online now for a while and uh, have been to various um, sites and and gone through sites, uh, lots of lots of trades going on, and we're lucky where we are. There's some really nice guys on board who yes. who are more than willing to help. Yes. Yeah. And Andy, what about you? If you had to estimate, if I had to estimate, I'd say um, secondary market. Well, I, I I did a lot of backtracking the last couple of years. Um, so I'd say, going on more recent times in collecting, I'd probably say secondary market would probably be, I'd probably say 60 to 70% of what I've collected in wow. the last couple of years. And um, eBay, I'd probably say, would be 40% of that. Okay. At, at, at a guess, yeah. I mean... Um, I sort of I got, I got the uh, the addiction for um, sideshow Star Wars a couple of years back, and I got, got given a uh, a clone trooper for Christmas by my family, and sort of ignited a bit of a passion. Uh-huh. But most of the stuff had been previously released, so yeah, it was quite a frenzy trying to backtrack. But um, yeah, I'd say that, yeah, seventy percent, probably forty percent eBay. Okay. Yeah. For what about me, you? Yeah, I'd say probably about forty percent would be secondary market purchases um certainly i've had gone through phases where it would have been higher than that but i've now kind of gotten to a point where with the lines that i collect i've back collected most of the things that i would like to have and Mm. still just you know keeping an eye out for some of the the holy grails so i'm more keeping up to date with my purchases but still i'd say probably about 40 percent and of of my secondary um, market purchases probably I'd say it's about sixty to seventy percent eBay. Um, I do buy some things through trades with people on various message boards, but I do tend to use eBay a fair bit. Um, I've been I think wider than collectibles to comics as well. I have been back collecting some back issues of particular comics, m- more focused on characters than yeah. a, a particular line and so ebay is a a great resource for that if you know where to look Um, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to just focus on ebay in this discussion although it's obviously a big part of that that secondary market so putting aside ebay for a moment um Mm -hmm. we've all mentioned the the trades and or, or purchases that we've made through being a part of message boards and message boards communities um what what are some of the I guess tips that you might give to someone who is considering making a purchase like that, because that can come without some of the protections that eBay theoretically provides. So if you yeah. were, if you've never made a trade or made a purchase through someone that you've met on a message board before, 
what sort of advice would you give to someone about to to start doing that? Okay, I'd um, I'd if I was going to do that myself and I was just starting out, I'd I'd probably want to make myself uh, uh, well known first, or or be a part of the uh, board itself. Oh, is that why you share all those pictures? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Quick introduction of who I am and what I collect, <laughs> and I would um, have a look. Every every message board has a uh, a trade thread, and what you see on on some of those uh, boards as well is the um the the much like eBay, they'll get a, a feedback as well, so you can have a quick click on there and have a look and see if they've had any problems in the past. Um, and just see how well known they are around the boards. If they're posting all the time, you, you can see they're pretty well entrenched in the community, and and they're a collector themselves. I think that's pretty important as well, because in the end, when you do uh, make a trade, it'll it'll come in packaging, or it'll be uh, protected in a way that you'd expect to receive it um, at retail as well. Those the collectors who are passionate will will definitely go the extra mile to make sure that um, your items arrive to you and with a safe passage. That's good. Yep. Andy, would you add anything to that? No, I'm pretty much the same. I um uh well with AFB, you know, I um I made sure I was on there for a while and got to know people before I even sort of suggested anything. I mean we've all sort of started up our own little trade threads of things we wanna wanna get rid of or things we're looking for and you know, um if you haven't dealt with someone you can often find someone else who's uh Who's, who has, and um, I think the the whole idea of um, leaving some sort of feedback is is a really good idea. I mean, people will be brutally honest. Mm. You know, you have to be, especially you know when you're dealing with an international community, and you know there's there is no safety net. So, and generally, if you're giving them money, you're going to mark it as a gift, so it doesn't cost them anything. And so, I'd say just do your research and get to know people first. Mm. One one thing that Justin mentioned, which is uh, I think a good part of message boards, is that feedback component. I know mm. that at the Action Figure Blues forum we have a, a feedback board where each person who does trades has a feedback thread, and people um, leave feedback there so that you can check and see. Some some message boards actually have a little feedback component built into the the profiles. Uh, elements that you can actually see it where people post and uh, I I guess good advice is just do your research and be cautious and it's actually okay to you know if it's someone that doesn't seem to have a trading reputation on that forum to ask them for some references and Mm. they might be able to refer you to their eBay feedback as an example of that but it is yeah it can be a bit awkward to maybe be up front and ask questions, but I do think it's incredibly important. And alongside that, one piece of advice I would give is be clear about what you are expecting in terms of packaging and shipping as well. Um, everybody has a different idea um, about that. And, you know, while, as Justin, as you said, most people will pack it as they would expect to receive it. And I found Overall, people are usually incredibly careful with what they send. Yeah. It, it's important to be clear. You know, I have had a couple of instances where I've agreed, uh, yes, I'll take loose figures, and I've ended up with 
them being sent in a way that I don't feel has actually given them enough protection to arrive safely. And yeah. so I've learned from that experience that, you know, I will say, yep, I'm happy for loose figures, but would you please wrap each one individually in some bubble wrap or something so that they don't rub against each other? And, mm. you know, for most people, that's probably common sense, but that's what I'm expecting. So I might as well be upfront about it just in case the other person doesn't have that idea. So, so if you then, I guess if we go to, to eBay then as an example, what particular tips would you give to someone who's about to start buying collectibles on eBay for the first time? Oh, due diligence, due diligence. I think, um, I can't speak for others, but when I first started chasing some, um, older items on eBay and I was a, I was a noob to it. I, I paid ridiculous prices for things. I didn't think about freight. Freight is a big one. Make mm. sure you check the freight prices because you can get absolutely reamed on that if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. um, it's true. And um, check their feedback. Be very fussy about their feedback. Yes. Don't be afraid to ask them any questions. But also really look into pricing. Mm. Um, I have a very strict policy of um, when I'm searching for something, I will not pay above a certain amount. And um, if, if, if it is a bidding war, I will put in my maximum bid. If it goes over that bad luck, I'm not meant to have it, I'll keep looking. Yeah. Don't, don't get caught up in a bidding war ever. It's, it's, yep. it, it'll just do you all sorts of horrible damage. Mm. I speak from big experience oh, here. Yeah. It took me a while to learn that, but... Yeah, I, I really got nailed on shipping a lot at first. I really, really can't emphasize enough that you check how much shipping is going to be. Indeed. I think eBay has certainly tried to make the shipping cost more transparent, mm. and they're a lot more transparent than they were when I first started using eBay. I think I've probably been – I've been using eBay for well over 10 years, but um, – for collectibles, I'm probably getting close to ten actually. God, um, but yeah, I, I know that I definitely allowed myself to get swept up in bidding wars and and paying way too much for stuff when I first started collecting because I didn't have that concept of how much something is actually worth. And I think that mm-hmm. that is, as you said, that that is key. One of the we, we as we do we always do we put this out to a few different message boards and I actually put a thread for this at the Sideshow Collectors Forum because I know that th- that's a group that does trades in eBay a lot and there was a comment there I thought was really good from a fellow called JML Superman don't know if he's any relation to the actual Superman um, but he, he says do not rely on eBay to tell you what something's worth eBay is not a price guide do your research that's right and um, yeah. that that is so true you can sometimes you know get a feel for what something is going for by looking at recent auctions on eBay, but you know, never just go out and buy, pay the asking price on eBay without doing your research first and working out what this item is actually going for on the wider secondary market because you yeah. might be being ripped off. Yeah, exactly. And also broaden your search as well. If um, obviously in Australia, you can set the the parameters to include worldwide as well. Um, yep. And you'll find that um, somewhere someone will have something that you you want, and see if they're willing to obviously ship to Australia. But once again, as um, Andy said, you know, make sure of the freight. <laughs> it's very important yes. uh, <laughs> because I'm sure and, we've been 
hammered like that before I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And also be patient. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one big thing. You might be desperately after desperately after a certain item and um, I, I can't. I can't even imagine how many times I missed out on something because the price got beyond my control, but I've always ended up with that item paying no more than I was willing to pay. You've just got to be patient. It's yeah, a, it's I agree a big part of it. Yeah, that's my philosophy, Philosophy, I should say, on, on all of of my collecting as well because uh, I know I'm going to on, we'll fight to see another day. It's a bit dramatic in <laughs> comparing it to action figures, but you're right. If I don't get it today, oh well, I'll get it in a couple of weeks, a few right. weeks, a That's month, right. six months. I'll, well, I'm in no hurry. Can... This, is, this is a hobby. It's not, you know, I'm not, That's I'm right. not doing you... this to end it. That's right. And you can keep your favourite searches on there and you do get alerts if something comes up with that description. So, you know, there are ways to to monitor it without having to go to eBay constantly and search. Yeah, favourite searches was one thing that I had written down as a, a really good tip because I know there are there's about four things that I would really love to have that aren't on eBay often and always go for ridiculous prices when they do come up. And yeah. you know, there's no point just kind of searching idly for them. But I have them set as favorite searches so I know at least when they do come around yep. and then you can keep an eye on them and keep them in your watch list but it is I think you have to be in it for the long haul and also treat the you know that process of waiting for the right item in the right place to come along as part of the the thrill of collecting it's all part of that process um, you know, if you if you're in a rush for something then you are going to overpay and, you know, if something is worth that much to you that you are prepared to pay that price, then I guess it isn't overpaying. Uh, but to me, it's still better to be researched. I mean, I know that there are a couple of items that I have paid what, you know, you would consider to be a lot for. But by the time I did that, I basically knew that, you know what, if I want this item, that's what I'm going to have to pay as opposed to being swept up in an emotional decision because like, oh, there it is and it may not come again and i got to have it now. There, There is a, still a difference in terms of doing your research first. Yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely. So uh, once you've been buying for any length of time, then it's pretty inevitable that you end up becoming a seller because <laughs> maybe because you bought too much or <laughs> whatever. Uh, so for people who are selling for the first time on the secondary market, and obviously eBay is the prime example of that. Um, but you know, let's go back to trades on message boards and as a seller on a message board, what advice would you have to people doing that for the first time? Um, the description, I guess, um, like you pointed out before, collectors can be, not fussy, but you know they like to like their uh, items to uh, arrive in a in a nice nice way. If if there's something wrong with the figure, you know, a broken joint, or I had to glue this back in, or there's a scratch here or a scratch there, just point it out. Um, missing pieces. I've seen um, uh, good friendships. <laughs> <laughs> missing pieces that was sold in a in a set lot. It was missing this. It was missing that, and blah blah blah. So just be very clear in a description of what you're actually. Um, selling and like I said before any imperfections or anything you've had the glue back in definitely point that out in, in your description yeah. as you're selling your items yes <laughs> exactly yeah just yeah. be as transparent as you can I mean if you're selling something that's still in its packaging 
you know, be very careful how you word it. Make sure you've got photos that show it. Um, really, really, really just, I mean, if it, if you're writing an epic, write an epic because um, you can just get nailed so easily by buyers saying, oh, yes. well, it doesn't say this or it doesn't say that or you said it has this. So, yes. yeah, you've just got to, you've got to make sure you put in every bit of detail you possibly can. Yeah. yeah. And, and another, oh, sorry, no, you I was ahead. just going to say, another good idea is, is instead of having one-on-one through PMs, um, take the photo of the item if there is any imperfections and display it in the forum so everyone can mm-hmm. see yes. exactly yeah. your description and what was pointed out in the photo instead of um, he said, he said. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the other thing too on a message board where there is that element of you know community and relationship happening there, if you're the one that's going to the effort to – you've put it out there to say, guys, these are for sale, etc. You do then have, to me, some responsibility to handle the transaction in a, in a timely manner um, yeah. or, you know, communicate about it. I, I've had kind of those experiences where, you know, someone has put it out there and said this is for sale and then can take forever to actually get around to finishing that transaction or sending it to you and you don't have the, you know, eBay's got a bit of a built-in safety net in that regard where yeah. once I, you know, to me, I, I I expect as a, you know, as a seller, well, I, I would like the money before I send it to you and I think that's fair enough um, to, to pay before it's sent. But then if I pay, well, I'm kind of expecting that you're going to send it now, you know, yeah. and not like, oh, yeah, sorry, you know, three months later, which has happened to me a couple of times. Um, yeah. You know, so, hmm. you know, it's kind of a... It's that that matter of yep. I know this is between friends, but yeah. I I actually gave you the money for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, that's right. Yeah, and and it comes back just to your reputation as a a trader as well. Um, mm. Yeah. You know, or yeah. above all, I think communicate and communicate honestly because I mean stuff happens and you mm. know, that can happen on eBay as well where you've got the best um, intent in the world, but for whatever reason you can't send it immediately or something goes wrong. Nothing is more powerful than just clear and honest communication about what's happening in that regard. And on a forum, a message board where theoretically you've already got some kind of relationship with that person to yeah. me, then that, that becomes particularly important. Yeah. Very true. And of course, the, on the, uh, the, uh, recipient side of things, it always helps if they give the correct address to, that's, um, yeah, minor sticking point there. Just a little trade trade I had going a while back. <laughs> Never made it to its actual destination. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Not pointing any fingers or naming any names. So. <laughs> it wasn't me, was it? <laughs> was it me? That was you. Oh fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I think he, above everyone else, should know better. Oh. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it hasn't turned up yet. I don't know where it is. Oh, this is the address you gave me. Oh, that's not my address. Oh. <laughs> I think that was my very first trade on AFD, actually. Well, one of the first, anyway. Oh. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Andy. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that, that, that was due diligence, too, okay? That was, a, that was a, a particular brain fart of mine. Yes, I, I do remember that. Um, so. Going to the the eBay side of things, first time eBay sellers, what's your advice to them? Oh, don't do it. 
you find that some figures are made. This this is probably a minor sticking point as well, but um, I and it was my fault. I I sold some um, Justice League Unlimited figures, but I didn't put in the description if they were the normal, regular, what three and three quarter inch or the the was was the other ones that came out the twelve inch ten, ten inch. Yeah, and I got so many questions. What size is this? Uh, is this? I was going, oh, okay, yes, I see what I've done here. Sorry, everybody. It's an all three and three quarter. So, taking my own advice is be clear. Be clear in the description. Um, uh, if you're selling something, expect put on a reasonable time frame to be paid. You know, three to five days. Yes. Expect to see something yeah. in your bank account. Um, give as many options as pop- as possible to pay. You know, some of them are old-fashioned, except cash on delivery. We went through that a few episodes ago, and it seems to be pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sellers, broaden your horizons. Don't just say local pickup only. <laughs> yes, exactly. How many times has that killed a sale for me? I find get really excited and scroll down. No, pickup only, local pickup only. Get, oh, God damn it. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's it's... reasonable if it's a bed. Um, oh, yeah. but, but for an action figure... Come on. Yeah. Just being lazy. <laughs> yeah. Stop being lazy. I, I think that description thing is important and and yeah. I suppose once you do start selling, work out the things that you are getting common questions about and just do your research and be organized beforehand. You know, for instance, one thing that with statues the the addition number does not matter to me at all. But yeah. it does yeah. seem to matter to a lot of people. So now I just always put that in my description. Um, because it basically it saves me having to answer a million questions or go back and dig it up and find it later on. So now when I prepare something for auction and I do the photo, I just take that information down and then I include it in the um, the description and it makes it easier for me and it gives, it gives that information to people that want to know. Another thing is just, as you said, sizes as well. Like yeah. I... I Sometimes, to me, particularly with something like Bowen pieces, which are a pretty standard sort of scale, to me it's obvious. But for someone who might not be a Bowen collector who might be coming along, they may have no kind of concept of how big this thing is. So just putting dimensions and measurements in is a a thing that saves a bit of time. And it might save a, a sale as well if someone maybe can't be bothered to ask that information if it's not there and ready for them so put it in and be descriptive and again in ebay as we were talking about before with the message boards it's incredibly important that there is any imperfection that you are explicit about it yes yes even even with the packaging even with the packaging oh yeah even with the packaging like i i i have never anything that i've sold in the packaging i'm saying um packaging may show signs of wear from storage. Yes. So if you are a mint in box collector, please look at the pictures. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, because what you might think looks minty mint to one of these guys that really, you know, they want it in the package, mm. it may look like rubbish to them. So, yeah. 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 It's, it, that's another big minefield. Yeah. I, I just, as I never describe packaging as mint. No. It's because too it, dangerous. it is, I mean, like I do, I do try to take care of my stuff in my statue mm. boxes and things, but I always use that line about may show reasonable signs of wear because corners do get, you know, slightly dented in or the box can get a bit dented. And um, yeah. I mean, I, I've received a couple of eBay 
purchases of statues over the years where the box has really been ripped up. And, you know, that disappoints me because it is, that's actually part of what I think I'm buying. Um, Mm. You know, and to me, I would, I would mention that. Like, I've got one I'm about to sell at the moment and the statue is in perfect condition, but Mm -hmm. the box has got a little bit of water damage on it because of a little flood incident that we had in our garage a couple of years ago. And so I will definitely mention that. In, mm. you know, and for some people, they probably couldn't care less. But I don't want to end up getting caught with that person who, you know, says I wouldn't have bought this if you told me that. So I, think mm. I better tell them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, well, I've got a pile of stuff I've, I've got sitting here waiting to go on, and I'm just it's just doing my head in because you just want to make sure you've got it all just spot on for them. But of course, that also recreates person how. What sort of price are you going to ask? Like, if you're going the auction route, where do you start? Mm. You know, yeah. You know, um, there's no point going and saying, "Well, you know, I reckon it's worth eighty bucks, so I'm going to start the bidding at seventy-nine. That's just <laughs> <laughs> to me, that doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, you've got to really think about what's the absolute minimum you're prepared to accept for this item. It's the only way to look at it. Yeah. And there are different schools of thought on that. You know, some people mm. will go, and eBay really encourages you to go the low listing price. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you do have to be prepared for the fact that, you know what, that that price that you list it for might be the price that it sells for. Exactly. So if you, if you take a, a, a high-end collectible and you put it up as a 99-cent auction, you might end up selling it for 99 cents. So mm-hmm. are you prepared to do that? I I put things up either as a buy it now or if it's auction I, I make the starting price the minimum price that I am prepared to sell it for that's right because yep. you know that that might limit bidding a little bit but <laughs> I I would I don't I only need one bidder in that case and you know if I get more than that great but if only one person bids I have sold it for the price that I am prepared to accept and not you know end up regretting it and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in more recent times, um, like people used to pretty much bid from the word go if you had something, you know, that was appealing. But now everyone seems to hang for those last few minutes before they'll they'll do anything, you know, and these snipe, sniping programs and such, you know. So oh, yes. as you say, you, you've got to really think about what is the minimum you're prepared to accept for this item. Mm. Simple as that, because there won't be a bidding war. So they're all waiting for the end. Yeah, that's right. I really, um, I think I might have mentioned this a, little, a, a number of episodes ago, but we we sold some furniture a little while ago on eBay. Our kids got new beds, and we um, sold their old beds because they were IKEA and they were in really good nick. And mm. I was blown away by the fact that people started bidding right away. Wow. I know, and I was like, good grief, what are they doing? And we ended up, one of them in particular, it was crazy, we had Ikea bunk beds, that, and I put them up for 50 bucks, and mm. they ended up selling for more than what you could go to Ikea and buy brand new ones for. Wow. By about $15 over retail, and you could, I could go and buy them right now for that price. Yeah. And I, like, Because I guess I'm used to, you know, most people that are buying toys and collectibles on eBay are a bit more savvy and like you said, you know, you don't bid until the last minute, you wait until mm. if you can't if you can't snipe, well then you know, you, you, you bid closer to the end because all it does is push the, the price up otherwise, um, exactly. but I, I was so surprised when I did this 
this furniture on eBay and we just did it as a local pickup. I, I mm. felt bad actually. The people that came and bought the um, the, the the bunk beds, mm. I, I felt bad taking the money from them because I tried to cut it down to oh let's just make it an even you know two hundred because you could buy the the uh, you could buy them new for 198 and they bought them for like 215 on ebay and they're like no 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 you know it's worth what it's worth we'll give you what <laughs> like okay <Wow. laughs> um but yeah it is a, it's a different kettle of fish when you're dealing with toys and collectibles although you do get you know obviously new people that don't don't realize but mm-hmm. you, know, you start bidding early all you're doing is pushing up the price yeah yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> so what what good news stories do you have? What what are some good examples of positive experiences that you've had, either trades on message boards or eBay? Well, I I can go directly to to um, our home AFP, and I don't want to give him too many raps, but I tell you what, the, uh, Benny Boy has really helped me out in the past. Uh, <laughs> he now he's going to get a big head, isn't he? Yeah, I, oh. he probably is, but. <laughs> He deserves a, a round of applause he for this does. one. He, he definitely goes above and beyond. I can't tell you how many times he's um, set me stuff and done extra stuff. That is an incredible guy. <laughs> um, and just going back to eBay this week, I I, I bid on a um, Incredible Hulk um, 128 issue 128. Um, once again, I'm, I don't. It's not a linear thing. I, I just like the cover. Uh, it was uh, Hulk versus the Avengers, and it cost me $4. And the seller included uh, Marvel superheroes featuring the Incredible Hulk, and she wrote a love letter just saying, look, this is my last issue of Hulk I had, and I thought I'd include this as well, um, seeing as though you bought it from me. So, And that was I was blown away from that because it's not something you get every day, and I sent her a lovely... Um, uh, message back saying, you know, that's I really appreciate it. That's wow. the software you made, and um, yeah, just uh, and things like that. It, it sort of takes you aback a bit when you when you do receive um, things like that. But there's been a few over over the time. I remember once um, I received from a guy at um, He Man Org. Um, we went away on holiday, and I came back, and I bought something in the meantime. But he included. It's called Battle Beetle, and it's a massive vehicle. And I only bought one figure off him. And he said he's included a letter saying, "Look, my store's closing down. You're obviously a fan. Um, here's a vehicle for free as well." Wow. At that stage, retailing at about eighty smackaroonies. Wow. And by the time I tried to come back and say thank you, he deleted all his posts, and I couldn't um, get in contact with him. But that's a few experiences I've had with uh, with members and eBay as well. What about you, Andy? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, just on the message board community, we've got um, a number of guys at AFB that like to customise, as, as you, you guys are well aware. And um, we're always swapping figures for, you know, someone needs this, this figure or that figure to do customs and everything. And sometimes you, you end up doing it in bulk lots, you know, there's quite a few things they could use, and I know myself I've thrown in extras and I've sent to other people, but it's never been about the value. Like, mm. um, no. you know, I, I think at one stage I sent, you know, I'm not going to go naming names, but at one stage I sent, um, well, this this particular person sent me 
two figures, I think it was, and I sent him like eight. You know, and these are, you know, these are figures that are still good. There's nothing wrong with them. You know, if you put them on eBay and make some good money on them. Mm. But, um, you know, and, and that's gone on and on. I don't think there's ever been a trade of equal value that I've gone gone with with any of the any of the customizers at AFB. We've all just, you know, whatever you need, take it. It's sure. yours, you know. Yep. And, um, you know, it, 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 price has never come into it. And, you know, that's that's something that you just you just relish, you know, and you make sure that, you know, anyone needs anything, have it, take it. It's, it's all good. I'd prefer you guys to have it and, and have a use for it than, you know, just go to all the effort you put on eBay so I can make a few bucks. Indeed. I mean, I think and, it pays to be, to, to always err on the side of generosity um, yeah. because, I mean, A, then you know, it's more likely to come back around to you as well. But also mm. it is, a, a, to, to me, the those sort of trades and things that you can have on message boards are one of the really great things about mm. our community. And I think that most people tend to really value that and take it seriously. And, yeah. um, and I know for myself, because I, I've been helped out so much by people in the States over the years with exclusives and things that I can't have, mm. you know, if I'm ever in a position to be able to help someone you know, else out, it, it's actually a joy, you know, yeah, like I'm, I'm really happy to do it because I know so many people have done so much for me and I'm not always in a position just because of where I am geographically to be able to repay that. So, mm. you know, it is, it, you know, it pays to um, just be giving and, and be generous because, you know, hopefully that will come back around as well, but it's also the kind of culture that you want to establish. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, um, um, I haven't really got any heartwarming eBay stories. I've, I've had a few <laughs> sellers that have, you know, thrown in a couple of odd extra items and everything. It's very nice, and you write them a thank you and everything. And, you know, some of them sort of say, you know, um, that thing's huge. How about taking it out of the packaging for me? And, you know, they've been very, very uh, amicable with all that. So there are good people out there, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask a question. Um, doesn't mean you'll always get the answer you want, but yeah. you know that's the way. But um, as far as community, you know, I, I really prefer to work with the guys on the message boards wherever I can. Mm-hmm. Just because always a pleasant experience. One of the best examples of the message board side of things I've ever seen would have been a, a few years ago now at Critical Mess, where uh, you know they're, they're big DC Universe classics collectors. And for Wave 10 of DC Universe, which was a Walmart exclusive wave, they set up this huge operation where they basically said, right, we're going to beat the scalpers because unfortunately, you know, along with these exclusives, and that's one reason why you've got to be careful on eBay, is there are people who, you know, buy this stuff and pump it up, pump the price up because they know that there's demand there. And this message board said, right, we're going to beat the scalpers. We're going to get everybody the stuff that they want without having to resort to to scalping prices. And a couple of the guys took responsibility for setting up this huge list of who needs stuff from DC Universe Wave 10. You know, if you if you find it, it goes to the next person on the list. I think there were about over 50 people that, you know, put their name down and said, right, I want different pieces of these and they got everybody everything that they wanted it took a little while but mm. you know there were some guys that really went out of their way because they did have access to them to find them to send them off it was a 
a, a really great kind of example of what our community can do when we put our mind to it, which is fantastic. You know, I've, yeah. had, I've had lots of really great individual trades with people at our board and, and others who've gone the extra mile. But to me, on such a huge scale, that's just a um, a real achievement. And um, I have had a really you – know, I've had, obviously, lots of great eBay sellers, and most of them are. But one, one guy, mm. which I'll never you know forget – I bought the um, San Diego exclusive Marvel Universe Galactus from an eBay seller. And if you've ever seen the package that came in, it's kind of like a small surfboard. <laughs> and uh, and I had no concept really of the size where I'm buying it from overseas. And I bought it from this American seller. And then he contacted me and said, look, I'm having a bit of trouble because I can't send this through the post office. Like he, he gave me a price and said, right, this is the, the price for it. Or it was in the auction. And then he came back and said, look, I'm having trouble. I can't send it to the post office. It's too big. And, but I'll, I'll find a way. Don't worry. You know, I'll let you know. And, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I said to him, look, if you can't send it, you can't send it. Don't worry about it. Just give me a refund. No problem. And he, you know, really came back and said, no, I made this commitment. I will send it to you. You're only going to pay the price that was in the auction. No problem. And he ended up having to send it UPS and pay considerably more to to send it than what I had paid and wouldn't accept any more money for it. And, you know, I, I really thought that was uh, above and beyond, particularly when I had given him an out and said, look, no drama, you know, just give me – a, a refund. I won't leave any negative feedback. Um, you know, he really went the extra mile, and I, I thought that was a fantastic, definitely a good news eBay story. And th- now we, we've been very positive and very constructive, uh, but you know, w- what's that one you know really annoying secondary market or eBay experience that's that's a good story to tell? Uh. <laughs> I don't Ooh, that's a tricky one. It is. Oh. Um, I, oh, from recent memories, Scott, I can't really think of anything. I just, um, the, oh, okay. One thing I did, I ordered. Um, this is a while ago, and we we're first getting into uh, eBay myself, and I always I had a few copies of Secret Wall, the original Secret Wall. And um, I found a USA seller who had um, all of the, the the entire run, and I think I won the auction at something like um, three dollars Australian or something like that. But once again, with the postage, I was unaware, and it, I think the postage itself ended up to be close to forty dollars. Oh my goodness! In it. So <laughs> um, that was annoying from my end, but the seller on the other end was saying, "Look, these prices are ridiculous." And we had the option of just cancelling the the whole thing because, you know, for a three dollar win and forty dollars postage, sort of uh, thing. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Get on to those. And like I said, I'm patient, so mm. I, I waited a while longer and was able to find an Australian seller and and pick up Secret War. But well, not really from recent memory. I don't really. I don't use it that much, to tell you the truth, except for back issues at the moment. and Of, of the comic that will not be named. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't really, nothing really comes to mind. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I had a, I was just thinking about it, I had a battle a little while ago. It was something like major. It was um, over a trade that I ordered um, from a seller overseas. 
And he actually sent me the entirely wrong book. Uh-huh. So, oh, okay, you know, this happens. So I, I wrote to him as well. I said, look, you've sent me the wrong book or whatever. And, he, and I get a message back saying, well, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> and it's like, well, um, I'd like the correct book. And he says, okay, well, send it back to me and um, I'll send you the right book. And I said, hang on, you've got on your on your sale page, it's um, seven-day return policy. I said, it's take 16 days to get here. So I'm assuming it's going to take about 16 days to to um, get back to you. And I said, that's outside your policy. And he said, well, what, what else can we do? And I said, well, I've looked up the, the market price of this book. Tell you what I'm prepared to do. You refund me my shipping and I'll pay you the market price for the book and no more. And he said, no. Then, uh, basically said, no, then you're shafting me. Um, well, all right, so I, so I went to eBay and they sort of said, well, you're going to have to launch a claim. So long story short, I launched the claim. He, he was sort of saying that, you know, um, I was trying to rip him off and all this sort of rah-rah and I, I sent sent eBay and PayPal all the evidence of what happened and I said, like, come back with a decision said, okay, you have to return the book to him and you'll get a full refund. I was like, oh, but it's going to cost me shipping to go back. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, it's at least some only out 10 bucks instead of 50 bucks sort of yeah. thing. And, yeah. uh, and so I sent it back. I had to send it back. It had to be tra- uh, trackable, of course. And so I sent it back and sent eBay and PayPal the, the tracking info and everything else. And anyway, a week later, and, um, I got an email from, from them saying, um, your money's been refunded into your PayPal account. Oh, cool. So I thought, oh, I'll just check how much they actually gave me back. And they actually gave me back the full amount I paid him plus the money I paid for the the uh, shipping back. Ah. Excellent. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. So oh. that was a win. But, you know, this guy was just unreal. I've had I've had sellers send me wrong things before. And they say, oh, I'm really sorry. And they send you the correct thing, no charge. Yes. That's no, a common <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, this guy's just like, well, bad luck. What do you want me to talk right. about? Like, yeah, okay. Well, I didn't really want this book. Yeah, but... So yeah, but I was, I was I was really pleased with how they handled it. I mean, they do tend to favour the buyer a bit more than the sellers, but um, you know, I was really impressed, and and the fact that they gave me everything back was 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 a big bonus. So yeah, that's probably that's my horrible story. It's about the only one I can think of, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to say I've been very fortunate as a as a buyer. I really, you know, have, I've had a couple of things turn up, maybe not quite in the condition that I was expecting in terms of packaging, and certainly have had the, those couple of dodgy um, packing experiences where, you know, <laughs> you wonder how in the world it actually managed to get there when it just had a couple of pieces of cardboard slapped around it and a bit of sticky tape but um but i I do find i have to say in in recent times i've been doing a bit of culling of my collection so doing a bit of selling i do find as a seller sometimes the questions some of the questions that you get from people are astonishing um my most favorite recently was i put up a couple of things and like i said i put them for you know the price or that this is the minimum price i'm happy to sell this for and i got a Mm. question back saying is this the cheapest you're prepared to sell this item? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yes. I just replied yeah. and said, yes. 
what is it? No, oh, no, actually, I'm prepared to sell it for fifty dollars less, and that's why I put it up for this. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, or the, you know, I, I have one recently where you know, this guy said, "Oh, um, I, I want to buy this from you, but I don't want to have to pay postage, and I can't make it out to you to pick it um, to pick it up. So, would you be able to drop it off to me where I work in the CBD?" <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'm not kidding. Like, uh, <laughs> sure, no problem. <laughs> no, you know, really, it's you know th- those kind of things. Um, you know, it is a. I mean, it is. I think it's okay to ask questions, and it's better yeah. to ask questions and be sure. And particularly if you've got any funny arrangements with payment or that sort of thing, then ask. Um, you know, someone, you know, might say, "Oh, look, I can see you've got a a five day." payment requirement i'm going to get paid on the six days is that okay sure no problem yeah. but communicate with me about that yeah but that's right um yeah but i mean overall my experience has been pretty positive as well 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 guys look i think that we've done a really good job of covering that and i hope that as a listener that you know you've taken away perhaps some tips and you know some ideas of what to do and certainly if we've left anything out then don't hesitate to tell us. <laughs> you normally do let us know when we make a mistake. So <laughs> it's good to know that you're listening, though. But um, that, that's all good for the discussion. And we'll be right back in a moment for a little bit of feedback before we close. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. Superman. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite, but with Krypton cannon blasting, Laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Superman figures each soul separately, blocks not included. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you might just hear it read out. Now, I've got our first piece of feedback tonight, and this is a note from Joe at Facebook. And he says, a couple of episodes ago, when discussing Avengers figures, you joked about how Hawkeye said Marvel's Hawkeye, and you guys joked if there were other Hawkeyes. Well, I have a full set of three-inch MASH figures, including Alan Alda <laughs> as Hawkeye. Uh, let's come back to Borja. Yeah? Uh, I think we, was, did, um, yeah. we provided a link to that, didn't we, at we, the time of the uh, our our script? I think we did. So I think somebody put in a, pic, in a picture of that for the enhanced podcast. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but we we were saying, I wonder where that comes from, and perhaps it is because I, I mean, maybe the reason that they have to say Marvel's Hawkeye. Is actually because that you know, Mash Hawkeye is a, a trademark as well. I'm not sure, but um, that is very funny. Thank you, Joe, for that. And uh, we also have had three new five star reviews at iTunes. Yay! Thank you, thank you very much. It really does help us get the word out about the podcast and appear higher in rankings, etc. And so any any great review we get at iTunes will always read out here. And Justin, you're going to read out the first one. Okay, so the first one is by a person who has the handle Dallas Dirk, um, and it reads, really digging the podcast, guys. You're getting one out every week. Love the format and the pictures on my iPhone while I listen. Keep up the good work. P.S. Do you know the Fushcast, another Aussie toy podcast? You should have a team-up episode. Uh, Just so happens I do know the Fushcast and have been... 
sort of board members with all three of those guys who carry out that um, podcast. It's a bit weird. The Fushcast, you think it would be run by Americans, but it's uh, run by Aussies. Mm. And a guy by there who goes by the name of Octane, he is to blame for all my um, compulsions when it comes to toy collecting uh-huh. because he is a really, really nice guy and he gets um, most of the collection at uh, retail in the States for me. And then he we um, he waits an enormous amount of time till I pay him and then he sends it <laughs> And he's a great guy and he never asks for anything extra. Is he, he one just... of the guys on the podcast? He is. So he's Australian? He He's an expat. He okay, lives yeah. in um, Texas, yes. All right. Yeah. How funny. Cool. He's Aussie as. Aussie as. Well, thank Aussie you. As. Thank you, Dallas Dirk, for that one. And Andy, you're going to read out the next one. Yeah, one here from a guy goes by the handle of G Riv. It says, excellent podcast. The fellows are both passionate and well-informed about current events in the toy world. It's also always interesting to hear a perspective on the logistics of collecting from people outside the U.S. Yay. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Thank you very that's much. Us. That's so us. Well, people, that's... Obviously, people obviously enjoy our pain. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, occasionally, um, you know, when you listen to some of the American podcasts or, you know, on, on message boards when people talk about like, oh, you know, I had to pay $12 for that at retail or whatever, you just think, Really? Really? Um, well, tr- try not being able to find it in retail and having to pay 15 bucks just to get it shipped here. Yeah, Crimea <laughs> so, River. Yeah, but it is it is good that people, you know, appreciate hearing that perspective because that's one of the reasons yeah. why we're doing this because we do feel like we've got something a little bit, well, we know we're a little bit different, but, um, <laughs> you know, hopefully we've got something a little bit different to say as well, so it's great to get that feedback. Yeah, definitely. And the last one comes from 3B, and he says, Fun for all toy collectors, five stars. 14 episodes deep, and they keep getting better and better, offering views and opinions on all sorts of toys and the odyssey that is toy collecting. One of the best toy-related podcasts around. Great job, guys. Awesome. Wow. Thank you. That is nice. Thank you very much Good for that. Good on you, 3B. Thank you, 3B. And thank you so much to everybody who's taking the time to do that. We really do appreciate it. Um, oh. And for those of you that are keeping track, no, we still don't have any reviews in Argentina. Uh, but we'll we'll work on that. <laughs> it's going to become an obsession now. Um, and if you are from from some other uh, country that we might normally be checking, and you have left us a review, send us a message and and let us know because we actually have to switch our iTunes view to be able to see it. So you know, if you are in the Congo, um, and and you are listening to Hunting our white apes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Um, if you're in the Congo, when you're not busy fighting for your very life and existence, and you're listening to us on iTunes, and let us know that you've left us a a message so that we can check it out. That would be great, and we'll definitely read it out, uh, unless it's negative, and then we'll just pretend it never existed. Um, but <laughs> like all things, uh, well, look, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We really hope that you've enjoyed listening. We've definitely enjoyed preparing it for you. You'll be able to download future episodes and past ones of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab or by subscribing at iTunes. And as we just said, if you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. 
While you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and the articles there and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Big Bad Toy Store, and popculture.com who help keep the site running and the lights on. When we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com, and there you will find Andy posting as FB, you will find Justin posting as Nightl, and you will find me posting under my new and improved name of Scotty. About time. Uh, about time, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we would love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future toys of the week or discussion topics or red cards. And you can do it all by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFB forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter at AFBlues. And you can like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook at facebook.com slash actionfigureblues. And speaking of Facebook, we have a little competition running at the moment because we are about to hit 2,000 likes. Awesome. Uh, that's a lot of Sally Field moments, isn't it? <laughs> you, you, do, you do like us, really. And uh, when we get there, one of our randomly selected Facebook likers or fans, as they used to be known, will win a prize. So share our page. Let people know. Get the word out there so that we can get to 2,000 likes and give something away. Mm. Oh, oh very exciting. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Great fun sharing the evening with you. Well, indeed. And uh, good night, Argentina. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you later. (laughs) Poor Tom. You are listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 16, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Justin? Andy, hello. No, no. No. This is going (laughs) to... What what happened? Were you having trouble hearing? No, 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 sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Would you just behave, please? Seriously, far out. <laughs> Have three months off and then come back and screw things up. For grief. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Thank you. Well There's also a button. I was trying to get it to work, but it didn't. It's it. The hyperdrive goes to start up, oh. but then it goes. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <It misfires. laughs> well, you, you, your your recreation of that is almost as good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you did, did a great come... job of covering up that one. Did that come through? Yes. I hit the mute button on my microphone. You mean it's not it's working? It's not working. Ah, oh, shit. You thought I was joking when we told you we heard the last one. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I hit the mute button. Okay. I'm on mute now, and that's coming through. Oh, you're, um, you're, you're yep. very unmuted. Shit. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Do you know what I've discovered? No problem. You can't mute the snowball. Oh. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Uh. All right.
Okay. Yeah. All right, let's do this thing. You're playing with your slinky, Justin. I'm just. And that's not a euphemism or anything. One second, while I stand up, because oh. I was given it. <laughs> I'm really glad this is only audio. <laughs> I was just trying to find find the gift that I was given. Here it is. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> What's <so> funny? Oh <laughs> uh, It's just a comic book. It had. It's a. It's a funny thing. That's all. <laughs> you just made Scott tonight. <laughs> well, the only reason I said I was standing up is because he's been whinging all night about these phantom sounds that he's making, obviously himself. I'm not- and trying to palm it off onto us too. <laughs> oh, God. Trust me, buddy, I don't need to stand up and look closely to find the gift that I was given. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> All right. In five. Oh, hello. 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 <laughs> so I was just getting, I'm getting a little bit of, um, Feedback of me. Extra me. So you're saying hello to yourself? The Action Figure Blues podcast now with extra me. <laughs> so That's all we freaking need. <laughs> <laughs>